Hello, my lovely listeners. Thanks for letting me be in your ear today. What are you doing? Seriously, like send me a DM. Are you unloading the dishwasher? You taking a walk? You in the carpool line? Tell me. I'm like, I'm super curious. This is why lifestyle personal content does well on Instagram stories because people are inherently nosy. Hey, before I get into this intro, could you do me a really quick favor? If you have not yet left me a review, could you please, pretty please, pretty please do so? I would say I was going to enter you in to win some type of gift card or drawing, but I just came off of a really big holistic marketing hub launch and my brain is tired and I just don't have the bandwidth to to organize something like that right now, to be completely honest with you. And I don't want to throw anything else on my lovely online business manager, Carolyn. So today's guest is Brittany McBean, and she is a launch strategist and conversion copywriter. I don't know why that was hard for me to say. Um, She's really cool because she specializes in anti-sleazy, audience-focused, high-converting copy for online entrepreneurs and educators. So she's worked with a lot of really, quote, big names in the industry, and she really knows her stuff. I liked our conversation because there are a lot of misconceptions out there about, you know, online courses and, quote, passive income. And anyway, we just kind of dive into all the things. And um, I can't wait for you to hear this interview. Welcome to Holistic Marketing Simplified, a podcast for health and wellness professionals looking to simplify their marketing. I'm your host, Molly Cahill, and this podcast is brought to you by my Marketing Roadmap, which is a five-episode private audio training that's kind of like this podcast, but not exactly because it's not available to the general public when you search on your podcast feed. So the great thing about consuming free content like this for me or on my Instagram or my blogs or whatever is that... Yes, you will learn a lot, but you kind of have to go searching for what it is exactly you're looking for. This five episode private podcast is broken down in a logical step-by-step order. That's why it's called a roadmap. If you're ready to get started on your Instagram marketing journey, or if you already are started and you just feel like you're kind of like overwhelmed with all of the different free information, this is a super clear roadmap with lots of tangible step-by-step action items that will get you from point A to point B for just $27. So all you have to do is head to mollycahill.com slash private training. And based on the reviews I've had so far, I know you won't be disappointed. I'm really proud of this training. And I know personally, I've bought 27, 37, $17 products before and felt like I really didn't get that much out of it. I guarantee you, you will learn something from this five episode private audio feed. So again, it's just mollycahill.com slash private training. And it'll also be linked below in the show notes. I cannot wait to hear what you think. Brittany, welcome to the show. I know we've had two family things and we've had to reschedule what, like three times. That's life. I'm so excited that we finally were able to make this happen. I'm so excited you're here. I'm so excited to be here. This will be a really fun conversation because the thing that you're so good in is the thing that. I'm not good in at all. So it's been really fun. <laughs> well, and we just chatted for so long before we even hit record. So I'm just like, I really, I'm like really jazzed up to have this conversation with you. So I already did your intro, you know, about what it is that you do, but kind of give us like the, the speed dating version of kind of how you got here. Yeah. Um, so I'm a launch strategist and conversion copywriter. Um, it's something 
I fell into, I think a lot of copywriters either have a very non-linear, like loopy path, or they're like, I went to school, studied communications, went into an agency and then went freelance. So it's either one of those two paths that I had the very like non-linear loopy, but my background is in musical theater, uh, oh. which just means I love attention. And <laughs> so that, that works very well for, for online business and, and personal branding. Um, but you know, I say I have a degree in kicking my face and singing a high C, which is not the most marketable or like highest paid skill. Um, but I did that professionally for a long time. And then did. Um, what were you yeah, in? Tell me a lot, of, a lot of things. I mean, like the very, I was as a dancer and a singer, a lot of times you either get those, like the very like ingenue lead roles or just like the like lead dancer kind of ensemble roles. So a lot of those, like either very heavy dance or like tap shows. So like anything goes or dirty rotten scoundrels, like all of, all of like those, those kind of shows, nothing like actually interesting or edgy or subversive or artsy. No, that's what I would have wanted to do in another life. Like I got to play Lily and Annie in eighth grade and I like loved it and I never like pursued it, but in another life, I mean, I was in great shape, like doing like eight shows a week in six days. I was, you know, my 20, I was in great shape. (laughs) I bet. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I just had to, yeah. cause I was like, oh my gosh, I would love to do musical theater. Maybe in you my know, next life. <laughs> it's it, the other day, my daughter, I have a five-year-old and she just found out that I can tap. So she was like, and she just found out what tap was. She was like, do you still have tap shoes? And I was like, I do. So she made me put them on. She asked me to put them on, like asked me to tap. And I was like, oh gosh, this is, this is rusty. It was, it was rough. It was rough. I had done that in quite some time, but yeah. So I, um, when I wanted to kind of settle down, which isn't impossible to do in that world, but I kind of felt myself burning on a little bit. I, I settled where I live now in Richmond, Virginia, and I was working in theater full-time for a while, just in like admin and education. And then also not very lucrative and started nannying. I mean, it was just one of those, like, I didn't feel like I had any hard skill or anything marketable or anything that I, that really signaled any any, I guess for lack of better words, like intelligence, nothing that in this like capitalistic world that people value, right? Like nothing that, that we write six figure paychecks for. Um, I mean, I I valued my nanny very much so, but I see what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nothing that like, I, I felt like I could brag about. I always felt very, um, around the dinner table, nothing that I could really write home about. And I was doing some social media marketing and kind of was like, okay, at my own social media and thought I could do it for other people. And so I just, I don't know, I was getting kind of antsy. I've always been really creative and I guess you could say entrepreneurial, but, but also I have ADHD. So what that looked like was like every, you know, three months I would just go buy a bunch of supplies for a new hobby and then like, think I was going to do something and then get bored after three weeks. So like, that's what, that's what that looked like for me. Right. It didn't look like anything real. Um, but anyway, I, I ended up doing some other local businesses, social media, um, thinking that like, I really was going to like, really love that. And uh, I hated it, but I, in being in that world, ended up meeting quote unquote meeting online, some other copywriters and like hearing about that job for the first time. Like it just wasn't something that I knew existed and also found myself with these other businesses that I was working with really all I wanted to do was fix their websites. All I wanted to do is like fix their messaging. And I didn't care about growing their, their brand. I didn't care about engaging. I didn't care about hashtags. I was just like, 
your your messaging is confusing. Your offers are confusing. What is why is your sales page like like like? And it was instinctual. You know, it just it just felt natural. And then I learned what copywriting was. I learned that it was a job, and I just was really really drawn to it. And really, it, it felt like like a fish learning to swim after being on land. You know, um, not that that's a thing, but but it just felt no, like I totally is, got what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is, this is, this is my thing. And, um, started feeling for the first time, like, oh, I'm, I'm really, really good at something. I am really smart. Like this, my brain does fire in this way. My brain does like, I see strategy, like I'm smelling color. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, um, and so I, I wanted to actually develop that skill and not just, not just say like, oh, I'm naturally good at this. And so I, I started working on some actual, like training that was a little bit more accredited than just like your average run-of-the-mill online course and trying to actually learn some some technique and then develop my own methodology and got really lucky by getting a big client which then led to another big client which led to another big client um, and got some really really cool opportunities which not everyone gets and that just kind of snowballed as yeah yeah in in nine months I had after, after saying like, I'm a copywriter, I'm going to write on my website. I'm a copywriter somehow fell into a six figure business, which is, that's a weird flex. And that's a, I don't think that's like the measure of success, but what happened was I had a business that I didn't know how to run or control that I had to like learn how to, how to run and learn how to like figure out what it meant like to be a CEO and run a business while actually doing this thing that I'm good at. And, um, that's been a very, yeah. Interesting four years. Yeah. It's a whole different skill set. I mean, it's, I was telling you, I work with a lot of like chiropractors or whatnot. And they're like, we didn't go to school to be an entrepreneur. Like, you know, it's like mm-hmm. to, I learned all these techniques and these things. And now I'm like expected to also know how to run a business. Yeah. Um, for me, like, I know people struggle with like team and hiring a lot for me. That was yes. not something that ever that's I've been, that's not been a pain point for me because my background was as a manager. I had a team mm-hmm. of 17. So like that I had that transferable skill, but I will say there's just a lot of other places where I've struggled. Like, wait, do I need to have a business license? Like, do I have to like, what, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> just like, yeah, how do I, what's, but what's an EIN and like, what's a, you just like all these things that you're just like, oh, like, yeah. So much. And then, you know, the elusive advice of We'll focus on your money generating activities. I'm like, what the hell are my money generating activities? I don't know. Like, what are you talking about? I can't stand that. Like, sorry, I just sometimes you just need to do the things that keep your business afloat. And like, yeah. you can't, if you can't afford outsource, you can't afford to outsource. And when you can, that's great. But sometimes you just have to do the things that you need to do. Like, you, I, know. I would love to just sit around and be like, oh, I'm only doing my $10,000 an hour tasks. But yeah, like, if, Sometimes you just need to be the one to hit send on an email. <laughs> Otherwise yeah. that email isn't going out. Like, but I love that you just said, like, you already, you already had that skill because it is a skill. And so yeah. like, it's skills are learnable, like talents are not right. You know, like it, but if we're like, oh, leadership is a talent, well, then there's nothing you can do about it, but it's not like, I didn't have a leadership skill. And so learning to lead a team is, was really difficult and very clunky and hard. And I felt like a toddler learning how to walk, but it's a skill that you can yeah. learn and just got to put on your big girl pants and do it. I was just recording a solo episode of my podcast and there's this, do you know, Susie Moore? Well, let it be mm-hmm. easy. I love her mm-hmm. stuff. She had a quote. It's like, everything's hard before it's easy. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I think, sometimes, I think sometimes we forget that. So, um, and everything is hard. Like everything. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, even just little things like once I discovered I could, you know, automatically link my zoom to my Calendly. So when someone books a meeting with me, it generates the zoom link automatically. You know, I was like reading like 10 Google articles and it took me. And then once it was done, I was like, Oh, Oh. (laughs) yes. Yes. I mean, I, I like, don't really put a lot into my social media. That's just not really where I've gotten clients now that I'm really growing the more like educational and scalable side of my business. That's something I'm focusing more on and, and outsourcing more support with, but like I, and I, I started in social media and I was really good. Like this was like in 2019 where I like knew all this stuff. And like a couple months ago, I had to make a reel and like, couldn't do it. And I felt so old. Like I'm 35. I'm not like, I was like, okay, boomer. What is this? Like, it was so hard. And I was like, I'm 37. My very first reel I ever made out, it was me going, I don't like this. <laughs> like even the caption, I was like, shout out to the three Gen Z YouTubers who I had to watch just to put this. Oh, you should have asked me. I have a tutorial. I'll send you I mean, an, I'll send you my tutorial too. Hopefully it's super simple. It um, shouldn't be that hard, but it is. Well, I just re-recorded my tutorial literally a month ago because they changed the reels. Um, like editing interface. So I'm always having to like redo it. But if, if anybody wants that, if anybody's listening and you don't know how to make a reel, just go to mollykhill.com slash reels. You'll get a hundred mollies of the world. Yeah. <laughs> we need the yeah. mollies. Well, I mean, people ask me about that. Like, I don't do TikTok. I don't do like, I don't do anything yeah. else. Like I just do the one thing because it's that an email, because that an email marketing, because it's easy for me. Like that's where like my like this feels easy. I have one client that I do some stuff on their Facebook and I'm like constantly messing it up. They'd be like, uh, you just accidentally posted that to the, I'm like this page. I'm like, I, I don't understand Facebook. There's too many buttons. There's too many things. Like, so, so for anyone listening to this, hopefully that's helpful for you to hear us say these things that it's hard. You're not, there's nothing wrong with you. I have a reel where I'm like, stop telling yourself that you're not tech savvy. Like that's just a story that you're telling yourself. No one's tech savvy until they're like push buttons, just push buttons. Yeah, <laughs> Nothing's yeah. going to explode. You're not going to detonate a bomb anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And like developers aren't chiropractors because they're developers and chiropractors yeah. aren't developers because they're chiropractors. Like right. I always tell people, I'm like, I was really paralyzed. Hard. I would paralyze someone. Okay. Yeah. If I tried to do your job. So we all have our zone of genius, but okay. Yes. Let's get shot. I'm also ADHD. So like this conversation could go everywhere. This is hilarious. <laughs> your poor um, listeners are like, what did I sign up for? <laughs> I know. Okay. So let's kind of start by, I know I told you my majority of my audience is kind of a little more beginner and you are this launched strategist and conversion copywriter. Let's just define those terms. What is a launch? You know, I, I ju- it's so funny. I literally just before we got on, just, I was recording the cash flow and promotion classroom for holistic marketing hub, which is my program. And in the beginning, I'm like, now this is not a full on launch. Like this is not a business course. Like this is just like, Hey, let's run a little mini promotion. And here's how you do that on Instagram. So kind of what's like the key or is there a difference? Like, how do you define a launch versus like a promotion or whatever? Yeah. So launch strategist is just a really kind of sexy word. And it's like an SEO keyword, but the things that I specialize in the most are funnels, which is just an online marketing system that leads to sales. And so mm-hmm. a launch would be defined like a live launch is, def- is a promotional period that has a true cart open, cart closed. 
And there's usually a couple different components. And so you'll hear people say like top of funnel and bottom of funnel, which means that there is a, a buying journey that people are going through where they are experiencing a couple different touch points where they either meet you or meet the offer or the um, journey at one point, like a Facebook ad or like a webinar, and then go through an experience before they are introduced to the offer. Um, and so, you know, your live launch, somebody might meet you for the first time on a Facebook ad and get invited to a webinar and get invited to your email list or get invited to like a live challenge or something like that, some sort of like launch event, and then go through a series of emails um, where they are introduced to your offer. And so this has a true cart opening, cart close. We're not manufacturing any urgency. This is the the period of time where they can purchase this offer. And so that would be like a live launch um, as opposed to an evergreen funnel, which is another buzzword. And funnel is just a sales system. Mm -hmm. An evergreen funnel is something that is running all the time in the background. We typically manufacture a, a period of time where somebody can either purchase or will get some benefit for purchasing during this period of time. I have some thoughts about manufacturing that, but um, an evergreen funnel could look like running paid ads to your offer. And then they're going to go through the sales system where there's some advanced tech involved that will kind of prevent them from going through the system again. You know, they're going to maybe get onto a recorded webinar or a recorded email sequence or an email sequence that might have like three video trainings or just an automated email sequence, be introduced to your offer, get on the sales page and maybe only be able to purchase that offer for a period of time or only have access to a discount or a bonus for a period of time. But the cart is not only open for a period of time. It's, it's open all the time. Yeah. And there are plenty of quote unquote evergreen funnels that do not function with paid ads. Maybe it's a product or an offer or service that is open on your, your website all the time. But when we're talking about a sales funnel, that is where there is a multi-step process. It's not just like click this and buy We're we're kind of, they're coming into the funnel at one point. We're taking them through a series of conversion points and messaging conversations to kind of coach them into a buying decision. And when I say buying decision, I define that as the reader confidently deciding, yes, this is for me or no, this is not for me. Yeah. Because I don't think that someone entering into a funnel means that they automatically need to buy or should buy. We want them to no, no, I agree. clearly decide. Yeah. So to kind of put this into perspective using examples, Holistic Marketing Hub has been on an evergreen funnel for a couple years because I serve such a niche market. I'm like 98% referral based at this point. Mm -hmm. So my, to get people onto my email list, I have not run any paid ads, but I've done a lot of partner promotions. So I've partnered with a lot of like chiropractic business coaches, health coach, business coaches, people like that, and done like freebie swaps. So they email their lead magnet. I email their lead magnet to my mm -hmm. list and they email my lead magnet to their list. Um, so that way it's like a really permission-based opt-in obviously. Yeah. And, um, I've done like some joint 
webinars and how I've quote, like kind of manufactured the urgency is you can go to my website and enroll well, right now I'm actually closed because I'm actually doing a live launch at the end of September for the first time in forever, because I've got like a whole curriculum update and all kinds of things. But my like quote, like manufactured urgency was a discount coupon code that did truly expire, mm -hmm. uh, but you could still go to the website and buy any time. Right. You just would have had to pay full price. Right. Um, I tried other bonuses and I never, I don't know, they never quite converted as well as like the discount. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but just to kind of like, a, like for me, it looked like once they got onto my email list, they got like a series of welcome emails and then it went into like a sales sequence. And mm -hmm. if they didn't buy, we used to use, um, have you ever heard of Jacques, Jacques Hopkins, his relaunch magic? Mm -hmm. So his relaunch magic is where you essentially tag people in your email system to then get automatically launched to again in three months. Mm -hmm. Now we, we didn't, we don't do that anymore. And we haven't really done that just cause it was like, just, I don't even remember. It's a whole long story, but hopefully that kind of helps paint the picture of like the evergreen funnel. Cause it sounds like, so like fancy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can get super fancy, but it also doesn't yeah. have to be at all. It's just Mine's not fancy. Automated. I don't have different yeah. paths people can take and like all this different. It's just like, yeah. And then if they don't buy, then they get like some down sales to like a, a smaller, you know, product to have that's not available on my website and that's it. <laughs> yeah. The more simple it is, the more data you can track. So yeah. that's the benefit. Yeah. So when you talk about this, that's like the launch piece, but let's talk about like the conversion part of conversion copywriter. Um, what does that mean to you? Like, how do you define that? Yeah. So that's, that is another buzzword that we love to throw around in the online business world. Um, that specific type of copywriting was um, created by a woman named Joanne Weeb. And really it is defined by being driven by audience research. So the, the conversions are driven by the messaging, which is driven by market research. So as opposed to like advertising or kind of this Mad Men style marketing where we have these people sitting in a boardroom who are like, I have a great idea. No, I have a great idea, you know, and they're just sitting around brainstorming, which is, that honestly sounds like a lot of fun. I would love to sit in a room and just brainstorm ideas and see who could come up with like the most creative idea. Um, what we do is, is so heavily based in the market research and based in the data. And so when I say data, yes, looking at, you know, conversion rates and analytics and all of that, but like, that is not how I'm determining the messages that go on the page. Mm -hmm. The messages that go on the page is determined by the information that we're getting at mass um, from the audience, from my client's audience, being able to determine a messaging hierarchy, which means the primary things that are being expressed not just the anecdotal things that I hear or the first thing that I hear or the thing that most aligns with what my client thinks or what I think, you know, eliminating that confirmation bias, finding those messages based on um, very meticulous market research, and then turning around and putting those messages on the page to increase conversions and to coach conversions by entering in the conversations that we know the readers are already having in their head. So this is kind of like, oh, she's talking to me piece. Yeah. Like, how does she know that? How is she in my head? Okay. So you and you talked about the social media piece and all you wanted to do is go back and fix their messaging. Well, I just recently added a new offer to my offer suite. It's not on my website. You have to like, I, I need to have a conversation with you before we go there. And literally 
sometimes I wonder, I'm like, do people feel like they're even getting anything out of this? Because after two hours, and, and I know they are, but it's just like, that's just like my own little internal, like we want to have deliverables. We want to have the sexy things. We want to have the, 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 here's my post. And here's the thing when really this two hour session with me is what you just talked about. It's the messaging piece. We're like, you know, what keeps them up at night? Like what's, what is like digging down to that deep, deep, deep level of why and it can be really frustrating to go through that exercise because you're like, Molly, it's just, it's the, the thing. Like I have the thing and it helps them. And it's the thing. Like, it's not, you know what I mean? Like there, yeah. it's, it's not that deep. And I'm like, well, it's, but it might be like, let's, <laughs> let's yeah. ask a few more questions. So are you okay if we kind of walk through like a live, um, not live, but like a, like a real life, real life example for one of my clients. Yeah. Selfishly, I'm like, okay. So I'm meeting with a client Friday. And we're doing actually one of these sessions in person, which is really exciting, which I've never gotten to do. And they are a fully booked functional medicine practice where they see people in person, but they have just, I don't know if they already created it or they're in the process of creating a course that they can sell virtually to anyone Mm -hmm. about diabetes. Okay. So if you were meeting with that client and they're like, how do I market this Mm. course? Like, how do I launch this diabetes course? Like what would go on in Brittany's head? Yeah. So copy is the last thing that happens always. Yeah. So the order of operation is audience offer copy. Okay. And that is the order of operation when you're building out a sales funnel or a marketing system, when you're launching a new offer, when you're optimizing something, when you're trying to figure out what's wrong, that is the order of operations. And so when I say audience offer copy, you can substitute audience with list or target market, basically the people who are, who are coming in, the people whose eyes are on this, right? So do I have the right people in front of me or who is in front of me? So we cannot move forward until we have validated that we have the right people or until we know who we have in front of us and then go create the right offer for them. So after we have understood who is on the list or who are the people in front of us, who are our followers, who's on our email list, who are those people? Then we move on to offer. And then we say, what offer do they need? Mm -hmm. As opposed to saying, I want to create an offer. What offer do I want to create? And then how do I go find those people? We always have to start with the people. And then we say, what offer do they need? So you look at the people, you study the people, you understand the people, and then you create the offer that they need the most. Okay. So you optimize the offer in light of those people. So audience first, study the audience, create the offer they need. You optimize the offer in terms of the features, the benefits, the delivery mechanism, the promise, the outcome, everything in light of the audience that you already have in front of you. If you don't have an audience in front of you and go build that audience or look at the people that you're already serving, but that has to come first, then offer. And then after that copy. And so the copy comes from the messaging and the messaging comes from the offer in the audience. So with someone creating a new offer for the first time, it's, it's obviously hard, right? When we're like, okay, audience offer copy, but like we don't have the offer. So someone building out an online course for the first time, if it's a version of what they're already doing, then you need to really, really, really understand why what you're doing in person works and who it works for. 
because you have to understand if this is going to translate online. Why does this work? Ah. Does this work because you have a name in your community? That doesn't mean that it won't translate online, but how do you duplicate that? Okay. Because the, the hardest part about online marketing is marketing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the people who want to teach you to build a course online because they are selling you a product that teaches you how to build the course online, it is profitable for them to tell you that the easiest part is marketing because that makes them money. The easiest part is creating the course. The hardest part is marketing. Mm-hmm. Building a list is hard and expensive. Marketing is hard and expensive. And it can create some really incredible opportunities and can create some really incredible impact. Like it's what I do all day, every day. And I help my clients make millions and I make a living doing it. Like I, I love this industry and it is hard. And I've seen people burn out because they've been sold this dream that, that the easiest part is marketing and it is the hardest part. So creating the offer will always be the easiest part. So you have to understand if you already have an offer that you want to turn into an, an online offer, like why it works and what works about it so that you can translate that into an online offer. Yeah. So that was a monologue. So let's, let's, you ask questions and then we'll go from there. No, it's okay. It, it's very much in line with what we were talking about before we hit record, how we kind of have like roll our eyes at that misnomer of passive income. I feel like people mm-hmm. have been sold this dream of like, oh, you're trading time for dollars and you don't want to do that anymore. And your schedule's already full. So create this online course. And I'll tell you, it's damn near a full-time job to create and market successfully an online course. I'm not saying it can't be done alongside, you know, if you have like a yeah. practice or you have, you know, you're seeing clients one-on-one virtually or whatever. I'm not saying it can't be done. I just want you to kind of go into it with the mindset, knowing that, I mean, yes, everything we can make it be easy. Right. But I don't want you to think it's like, if I just build this course, it's like, here you go. Now I can offer it. The now I can. Yes. Like yeah. now I can market to anybody who speaks English in the world. And I'm like, mm. Yeah. Let's take a step back because I'll use one of my clients who, and I say client as in like, (laughs) she did not need me. She basically just used us to like help her create some real, like edit some reels, make some carousels and help her with her course slide. She's genius. But, um, Meredith Mann of, um, the peachy spoon, she already had an amazing audience and and then she had a cookbook and she was seeing clients one-on-one in Birmingham, Alabama, where I'm from. And now she has an online course and, I guarantee you so many of the people who bought her course were probably local in Birmingham too. Mm-hmm. So I think, I'm not saying, I'm sure she sold it worldwide just because she already had yeah. a very engaged and loyal following. I'm just saying when she started her business as a health coach, she started with a lot of the people she already knew in her network that were geographically close to her. And yeah. I think people go into this online space going anywhere that speaks English where it's like, like, don't be afraid to start locally and then work your way out. So I don't know if you have yeah. any thoughts around that piece. Yeah. Well, I think what, what people need to understand is that the average funnel, like a funnel that works, a funnel that is not broken. So a funnel that is validated. We know the messaging works. We know the offer works. This is an offer that people want. This is an offer that people buy. This is an offer that like, that is validated, that has like interest and the audience is there. A working 
funnel converts at 3%, one to 3%. I personally like, and so that, that number is a lead to sale conversion, which means the number of people that come in at the top of the funnel. So like the number of people that like opt into a webinar or a freebie compared to the number of people that buy. So 3% of the people that opt in at the top will buy. Yep. One so to 3%. Yeah. I was just to say for people, if you get a hundred people on your email list in July, then three people might buy. Yeah. And so take the price of the thing that you want to sell and multiply it by three. And that's, that's your ROI. So, and I'm, I'm not here. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I want to create some really realistic expectations so that we can understand what success looks like. So, and a highly successful funnel is 3%. My clients do get higher than that because I have a very high standard for ourselves. But when you are moving towards an online model, you have to get volume. You have to get thousands of people in at the top every time you launch or every month in order to see the numbers that people talk about when they're mm-hmm. talking about this dream, when we're talking about like the, the five figure months and the six figure launches, right? We're talking about thousands, if not tens of thousands of people at the top of the funnel every single time you launch or every single month. So the, the list has to have volume, which is why the audience is always the most important. And so if we're, if we're just starting with no audience or no followers or no email list, and starting with our offer, then it's a lot harder to launch, right? But if you can build that list or build that audience and then learn who they are and understand what they need around your offer. So for, so going back to the really tangible example, the client who, who has and is creating this course around diabetes, like my, my first advice would be, okay, are you working with clients who have diabetes? Like start to understand what's, what's going on with them. Why are they coming to you? All, all of those messaging things that we know, like the pain points, the anxieties, frustrations, hesitations, what they want, all, all of that stuff. And then how can you start to build that audience online outside of like, yes, starting locally and expanding. How can you build that email list? Cause emails are always going to convert higher than social media. I love 100%. social media, but yeah, like you yeah. do social media and you do it well, really well. well Use that to get people, own, but thank you. <laughs> you teach it, you teach it well. <laughs> so clients, listen to yes. Molly yeah. and use that to get people on your email list and start building that list around that topic, around your offer, around diabetes, around functional medicine, around functional medicine with diabetes, building that audience, and then continue to hear them, continue to study them, run surveys capture those data points, capture those pain points, capture, and then use that information to, to create your offer and then go create that offer that perfectly aligns with the audience that you have built. And then, then launch to that audience. And your beta launch is going to have the highest converting numbers that you're going to see. And then your conversions are going to dip after that. And then it's kind of an uphill battle as you increase and as you optimize and as you build and as you grow lead gen, but at least then you know that you're launching an offer to the audience that you already have and you're meeting them where they are and not just like pulling something out of thin air and then saying, I hope you guys like this. This came out of my head, you know? Yeah. Let's, let me go back. This is something that I've never quite knew how to advise clients. And so maybe you'll have some insight that like, I would just like selfishly love to know. So for the diabetes client, and then I have another client who has a course on pregnancy pain. She's a chiropractor, but she has a course called the mobile mama method Mm -hmm. where she teaches you how to like, you know, these are like the exercises you should be doing during pregnancy to prevent back pain. If you can't get into 
see your chiropractor or physical therapy, whatever. Um, and we've marketed it to her entire patient database, right? But obviously not the entire patient database is pregnant. Right. So, um, and we also have a lead magnet that's aligned to her offer that you would only download if you were pregnant. But I'm just wondering, like, should we have them almost like click? It's like click here if you're pregnant, but then someone else might be pregnant again. It's like, I've had a hard time because it's just like a blip in time where it's like, if you have diabetes, yeah. you have it you have it like, but it's like when you're pregnant, it's like a blip in time. And so I think we've had a hard time balancing what newsletters we send to her entire email list that focus on that pregnancy piece versus parsing out. Do you see what, I don't know. It's not a well-formed mm-hmm. question, but. No, it's, it's funny. This kind of, this comes up a lot in like the online course, specifically like the pregnancy component you know, especially people who like teach live launching and there's like, but my people are pregnant. Like I can't just launch once a year because what if they're not pregnant? You know, and yeah. like that I, I hear that come up a lot. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's so interesting, the things that are like so timely and, you know, segmenting is so powerful, but when we segment, it's like the things that are always true about someone, right? Yeah. Segmenting by like their like location or their interest or their job or whatever, versus like what is true about this person right now. And yeah. so the burden is then on the business owner to build up this reputation about, I do this for people who are pregnant so that when that person is pregnant, it's always there. And, you know, here's the thing. I'm sure your readers have heard that it is the best like messaging and marketing strategy to speak to one and only one person. And I'm calling BS on that because I think that Uh number one, we do not have to be homogenous in our messaging. If we are only speaking to people who look and live and love just like us, I think that that is a problem, but that's, that's a thing, but like most of us are not. And I would hope that most of us do not want to. So there are going to be people in your world that do not share your lived experience. And so if you're only, and most, most people, when they create their, like their one and only avatar, it looks that that person looks just like them and shares the lived experience with them, or is someone who is like, like them, but aspirational. And that leaves out a huge part of the population. Okay. And so I think it is highly ethical and interesting and nuanced to have messaging that speaks to people with multiple lived experiences. And I think that our message is stronger if we say our methodology doesn't just work for people who only have this unique circumstance, because then it's not actually that good. It literally only works for you if you have all of these privileges or all of these unique circumstances. Like, I think that our solutions are much better if they work, whether you have this or whether you have this or whether you have this, right? That doesn't mean that we don't have a niche. And that doesn't mean that we're not speaking to people under a defined umbrella. That doesn't mean that we're speaking to everyone. I believe in a niche and I believe in defined messaging and I believe in clear communication. But our people are also smart enough and sophisticated enough to hold more than one thing. So like in an email newsletter, I think it is totally fine to have one messaging and say, and if you are pregnant or if your partner is pregnant, click here. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And that doesn't mean that like all of a sudden I don't know what you do. Mm -hmm. Now, if you were saying like, I specialize in ear infections and if you're pregnant, click here. I might be a little confused, right? But if you're like, I... I help people 
um, experiencing diabetes and if you're pregnant experiencing gestational diabetes, you know what I mean? Or something like that, like that's still a niche and I can still contain that in my brain. That still makes sense to me. Um, yeah. With the ear know? infection example, I think of it as like pregnancy and babies. Like these are the yeah. gamut of things you would experience to me. That's yes. still your yeah. And I, I've gotten away from teaching kind of like this, the speaking, you know, I do teach. If you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. I teach you absolutely to be mint chocolate chip ice cream or in my, in my, uh, I hate mint chocolate chip ice cream. I think it's so gross. Don't mix mint and chocolate. I'm not a fan. I'm not going to say no to any ice cream and I will never pick mint chocolate chip. <laughs> um, I, I will say no. I like anything with like peanut butter in it or whatever. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. my point is, how, so then how do we, how do we still narrow our messaging, but really be mindful of like the, the thinking of like having an ideal client avatar, like we yeah. just have multiple ideal clients or we have like, yeah, I, does that work? Yeah, it, it's hard. And so I, I will say, like, I fully believe, like, when you speak to everyone, you speak to no one, right? And a lot of times we want to hold on to that, like, speaking to everyone to avoid alienating or, like, to not even alienating, like, we're afraid of losing money, right? That's, like, the number one fear is, like, but but then this person won't come to me. We're afraid of being bold about what we believe or think. That's a big, another big fear. So, a lot of times that's like what people are holding on to. And so we need to keep those things off the table, right? And then the reality is like, there are just people that you are not going to be helpful to. You are not going to work well with them. You are not going to solve their problems. Like, I don't care who you are and what you do. There are people that walk into your office, walk through your doors, and you do not want to work with them. Mm -hmm. Whether it's because like, you're not good at solving their problem. You don't know how to diagnose them. You are not qualified to help them, or you just don't like them. Like those things are true and you cannot deny it. So let's go ahead and take those people off the table right off the bat. Right. And let's say we don't like, if it makes you uncomfortable, you don't have to have in your messaging, I will not work with X, Y, and Z, and I hate these people. But how can we have in our copy, copy that clearly lets those people know that they're not right? We're like, when they're reading our copy and they're on the page, they're, they're not going to be like, oh my gosh, they're speaking to me, right? Like, let's just be intentional about that. And then just get a little more defined about who you do serve best. And there should be an umbrella, yeah. right? Like, like you said, like babies and pregnancy. Okay. That is, that's family, or that is, um, people who identify as a woman, or that is people with a uterus or like, like that is still, that is still an umbrella, mm -hmm. right? Like, and then we can say that is anyone with a child or anyone with a uterus or anyone that identifies as a female. And that's going to be, single mothers and that's going to be trans women. And that's going to like, those are still a bunch of different people, or that's going to be single dads with children. Like, but I that's still, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. No, um, I see what you're saying. That actually made it really clear for me. Like, it's like a, it's not one person, but it's one, it's still a niche. Yeah. And, and there's so many different ways we can niche down. Like for me, I, I definitely work best in this, this world of online offers with courses and coaching programs. And this is, this is where like online marketing is where I work best. 
And yeah. I've had like a SaaS company come in and I'm like, I would love, like, you're my people. I'd love to work with you. And we do great work together. Like you're not, yeah. your marketing is not limiting who you're working with, but yeah. it certainly is, is bringing in the best people. And for me, like I have, I have clearly defined who I'm going to help make the best money and the most money. And I have really repelled people whose values do not align with mine. Like I will not make people money who I do not think are doing, who are causing harm in the world. And my, my website is very, very clear about that. And I have used my copy very intentionally to repel people and to be very clear about who I will not work with and who I will not support and who I will not help make money. And if you, if, if we align on these few core values and like we're good. You can come yeah. in the door, even if yeah. you're not like ideal, perfect, whatever. And we used to want to work together because something about me really resonates. And like, let's see if we can do good work together. And if I don't think I can help you, if I don't think I can make you money, like we're, we're not going to move forward. I'm going to refer you to someone else. But um, there's a million different ways, whether it's by deliverable or service or value or personality or person, you know, but it's you owe the person reading your copy the right to decide whether they should come in your doors or not. And it's really frustrating as a person trying to make a buyer decision. It is really frustrating to be reading copy and not know whether you are talking to them or not, to not know whether they should click that button of whether it's like inquire or make an appointment. Like that is a frustrating experience when you're like, I have X problem and I can't tell whether this person solves X problem or not. Mm-hmm. Like you owe that to the person reading your website or your copy. Mm-hmm. I know I've in the, I've, I don't know if this is like way an oversimplification of everything you're just talking about, but I always like having a, like, this is for you. If, yeah, you know, I don't know if that's what you're like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, every, every sales page we write has a, like, this is for you if, and this is not for you if, and like yeah, okay. that not for you if can, can list qualifications or can list pain points or can okay. list um, personality traits. It's what are the things that exclude and include you? And there are things that exclude people. And it doesn't mean that you're excluding people. It means you're allowing people to make, to make a better, a better decision. buying decision. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I just had this, I did an Instagram post. I need to repost it because it was really popular about like a little exercise that you can do where you just look at your, look at your schedule over the last couple of months or however long a period of time and separate everybody into three categories. Like category one, I loved seeing this person, this case, like their, their problem lit me up or their, this conversation lit me up. And I got excited to see they were on my calendar. The category two, you're like, meh, like not excited, but didn't dread it. Just like kind of, you know, typical day, whatever. And number three was like, Ooh, I really wish they'd cancel. Or I really want to refer them to a colleague or something like that. And then just focus on category one and like write out what they came to you for. Like, what about it made you excited? Like, and then like, write to those, write to that category. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it's a pretty simple way to think about it. <laughs> it is. And cause no, nothing is saying category two, isn't going to come in the door and that yeah. you don't have to work with them, but we don't want category three to come in the door. Cause there's some, there's somebody else who's better suited to fit them. Yeah. Because you know what, this just gave me a really big light bulb moment. Y'all are, y'all are witnessing a light bulb unfolding (laughs) in my brain. So when I'm thinking about a typical ideal client avatar model and what I see a lot of my clients fill in on their branding forms, when they come in to work with us, it's like mom, mid thirties, loves health, 
you know, shops at places like XYZ, you know, listens to XYZ podcast. You could have that same mom in category one, two, and three. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yes. you could be like, oh, I loved mom A. She was in category one. Mom B looks just like mom A, but she was in category two. And mom C looked like mom A and B, but she's in category three. And that's kind of like those intangible, I feel like things you were talking about, like more of like the value-based like personality yeah. stuff, yeah. which is really fascinating to think about. I don't find demographics to be massively helpful in marketing until it is like, there are certain things where like demographics, like, okay, if you're a executive coach for women over 40, then like their job and their age is going to be important. Right. right? Or like, like I have health coaches who focus on menopause. Like you yes. have to go with an age. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like demographics are not helpful unless they are, yes. but like psychographics, ethos graphics, which isn't really a word, just like their values. Like those are the things that I find to be more helpful. And that allows you to kind of open up that umbrella a little bit more where you're able to say like, I still have my niche, right? I still like serve specific people, but I'm able to define that a little bit more. Like I, I was listening to one of your podcasts earlier and you were talking about somebody who serves women who are, who are stressed and they had a really good, like I help statement, but you know, I also was thinking like you could, and it was more defined than that, but it, it just made me think like, you could say, I serve women who are stressed and it could be like, well, why are they stressed? Are they stressed because they have a really high powered job? Are they stressed because they're living in poverty? Are they stressed because they're trying to train for a marathon while single parenting children? Are they stressed because they're going through a divorce? Like, are they stressed? Like what, what, there are millions of reasons. So like, help me understand more about what's going on in this person's world, because all of those people might go to see a different practitioner. They may not, but but if they're not, if they're, if they're all going to you, then there still needs to be a better connecting thread that's more than just stressed. Like, why mm -hmm. are they all going to you, you know? So with that then in mind, I guess my follow-up question would be then how is, if, if we are identifying like this person's main stressor, how is that not almost identifying an ideal client? Well, then my question would be like, so for that person, so let's, let's go with this for a little bit, just yeah. either make up an answer or just go with it. I would say, okay, what, what is that person, that business owner, what are, it's, what service are they actually providing? What are they, let's say they're stressed they because doing? they're running a full-time practice and expected to be a full-time mom. Oh, no, no, sorry. The, sorry, the actual, like your client, the business owner okay. who's saying I serve women who are stressed, what service are they providing? How are they solving that problem? Oh, oh okay. Yeah. So she has a functional medicine practice in addition mm -hmm. to her chiropractic brick and mortar practice where she does like hormone testing and like nutrition and that kind of things. Okay. So I'm assuming this is not something that like insurance covers, right? Correct. This is no. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and eliminate people who are stress because they are living in poverty. Like they're mm -hmm. not someone who can afford that. So that's, that's off the table as opposed to someone who's saying like, I'm providing social justice services for people who like cannot afford this or, you know, like that, that would be a different, that would be a different niche. So she, so in doing like functional medicine, is she doing like testing? Like what are her, what is her, what do her services look like? Yeah. So she does hormone testing and then like nutrition testing and like optimization with like, if they need supplements or lifestyle changes or whatever. And so then my question would be like, do you like, 
how long are your appointments? Because if you have like four hour long appointments, you're probably not really serving the woman who's working like 80 hour work weeks or someone who's like training for like a marathon while trying to raise three kids. Right. So then I would, or have you figured out how to provide this service in 30 minute appointments where everybody else is doing it in four hour appointments? Because then you are serving these people who have 15 minutes of free time a week. Do you know what I mean? So like I would- those are the things that I would be asking and thinking. I love about. that. I would have never thought to ask that. That's fascinating. I love that. That just like yeah. sparked. This conversation has like sparked so many ideas for me. So just to be mindful of time, I want to wrap it up with one last kind of question. We talked about more of that, um, the market research piece. What does that look like to you to like, what questions are you asking? Who, who are you asking these questions almost to kind of like validate this offer? Yeah. So this is, this is the answer that can feel really overwhelming. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to lay out what we do. And then I'm going to leave a disclaimer that this is unreasonable for someone who is running a business. And this is not what you should be replicating. And I'm going to share what you can be doing because I do this as a full-time job. Yeah. I was going to ask you, what if you're like someone like me or someone, another client who already has an offer created that's been, you know, Yeah. Yeah. And so the reason I I answer this is because I want you to understand, like there are levels and there, there is a reason that people hire a copywriter and there's a reason that it's never the first step. And it doesn't mean that you just sit around and do nothing until you can hire a copywriter. Right. So like when I'm working with a client, like if we're writing a full funnel, that's a 12 week project. And for the first six weeks, we're doing research and strategy. And I'm What we're doing when we're doing the research is we're sending out two surveys to their list. We're surveying buyers and non-buyers, and we're usually analyzing up to 150 responses for each. Okay. I'm running um, one-on-one interviews and interviewing up to six buyers and up to six non-buyers, and then also doing cold audience data mine. And so that's your kind of typical market research that you hear people saying like, go um, call like a Facebook group and Amazon book reviews and like um, competitor testimonials to get that like market research. And so the reason we're looking at all three of those is because the surveys are really going to get us that kind of like critical mass where we just get that more like quantitative data. And we can really start to see that messaging hierarchy because we see those patterns arise through those hundreds of responses. Mm-hmm. The one-on-one interviews is when we really start to understand more like that slice of life information and start to understand like the emotionality behind it and the nuance behind it. Cause we're having one-on-one conversations yeah. and we can ask, you know, qualifying questions yeah. and like you see when people's eyes start to water when, yeah, you know, Quick, let me go back to the survey. When you're talking yeah. about surveys, is it usually like a one click or like a write out your answer survey? Or both? Both. So never more than like 10 questions. And honestly, the closer to five, the better, because we just want to... Well, the reason I ask is because I have an intake form and it's like, what's your biggest frustration? And I have like, like examples listed out and Mm -hmm. no one ever goes anywhere except for the examples. And I'm like, is it because I know my audience so well and I just Mm -hmm. picked the right examples or is it because I'm steering them and they're like, oh yeah, that one. Yeah. I, I want the... The multiple choice questions for me is for segmenting so I can understand like how many people we have at this earning level or at this age group or like that kind of thing. And then the open response is for me to understand like how they're expressing it. Okay. What words they're using. Yeah. That's helpful. Yeah. That's really helpful. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, the one-on-one interviews are more to like understand like kind of those like slice of life and like more like nuance. And then the, um, 
the like internet kind of data mine that is really more like cold audience like the people who are not in our world like how are they talking about it what conversations are they having so we can see if there's a difference between like the people on our email list and already in our audience is that different than like what people are talking about on reddit you know and and yeah. how would that work out yeah. so that's a lot like i i have a team and we do this as a full-time job and my clients pay upwards of $20,000 for us to do this for a full funnel. That's, yeah. that's a lot. And so if you tried to do this for yourself, you would stop, you would have to halt your work. Right. Uh-huh. And so that's okay. If that's not, if that's not like how you can spend your time right now. And so yeah. what I think this could look like is having a system of feedback. So exactly like Molly just said, like, is there a place where you can have an intake form, whether it's where someone, when someone buys or signs up for the first time, where there's a couple open choice questions and a couple multiple choice questions where over a long period of time, you start to have some critical mass data where you can say, this is who our people are like in, what am I trying to say? Like in, in quantity, right? Yeah. Or you can say, oh, whoa, we just noticed a big shift. Like from, from 2019 to 2022, everyone was saying this, but then, oh my gosh, in 2023, that shifted big time. Like, and that's actually what we're seeing a lot of, which is really, really interesting. Right. So like that's, yeah, like that's really, really interesting. Once a year, can you just set a reminder to set us to sit down and just do three one-on-one interviews with people and just ask like, reflective listening, non-leading questions, and just like play a therapist. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. Like, you're just like, whatever's important to them, just letting them talk as people are, as you're doing intake and as people are talking to you, the things that are interesting and that you notice and the patterns and the repetitions and the words that come up again and again, write those down. Don't let those live and die in the room. Like write those, the words that come up again and again and again, write those down and ethically with confidentiality, use that in your marketing to reflect the conversation, knowing that you have to be aware of the things that are okay for them to say, that are not okay for you to say, and the things that are too painful for them, like should not be reflected back. And Mm -hmm. I say that for your audience, because your people are going to experience that more than most. And they will also be aware of that. Like you all will know, you know, Mm -hmm. your people and you will know the things that are so hard for them to say that you should not be putting them on the page. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely, I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. And one thing I've started doing recently, just because I have been so busy, like very, very, like you said, you had like very quickly, you had a six figure business. It was like, I got such an influx of people all at once that I was like, (laughs) Um, so how I kind of handle doing those interviews, so to speak, is I offer these 45 minute pick my brain sessions. I charge for them, but a very low mm-hmm. amount, 147 bucks, pick my brain. Like there's no agenda and it's great for me because yeah, I'm not charging a lot, but I get a lot out of it too, because then I'm like hearing what it is that they're wanting to pick my brain about or what they think is like. Oh, Molly can just give me this like simple solution. Like, I'm not trying to mislead anybody and say like, I can solve all your problems in a 45 minute call. And that's not what I'm selling it as either. It's just like, you know, sometimes you just want to pick someone's brain. You're like, let's just, it's almost like a buy me coffee. Let's chat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they get out of it, you know, their questions either answered or questions where they know like, okay, this, 
this is more involved than just like a 45 minute strategy session, you know, or I mean, and then I get feedback of like, okay, this is where my client is right now. Yeah. So and you're looking be, for patterns, right? Yeah. It's like the things that come up because it's so easy to go in with confirmation bias. And it's so easy to look at the anecdotal and be like, Ooh, this is a thing that stuck out, whether it's like bad or good. And it's, you can't pick out that one thing. It's the patterns. I'm, I'm bad about that. I'm bad. About, Everyone is. It's not you. Everyone yeah. is. Our, my, our Instagram management agency stays fully booked with like very little promotion. Um, and what I want is for more people to like learn how to do it for themselves and not like outsource to an agency. You know what I mean? Like learn how to do this or train someone in your office to do it, whatever. And I go in definitely with the bias of I'm someone who just would outsource. And so that's just what they want. They don't want to learn how to do it themselves. They don't have time. They're overwhelmed. Do you know what I mean? And so those are the words I listen for because I'm like, well, I know my people. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You've given me a lot to think about. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's not easy. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for this. This is so helpful. How can people find you? And I know you talked about obviously like the higher ticket way of working with you, but is there kind of like another way or what's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, I I love 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 to give away as much as possible for free um, on YouTube. So I have a YouTube channel, okay. and I don't like to gatekeep. So I give away as much as I possibly can, and if I can, I have like a market research um, freebie that we can share in the um, show notes here, and yeah. I, I share like my exact process, and I have a um, a spreadsheet that you can use to like organize all of your market research. Um, nice. so if that's, if that's helpful, sorry, I yeah. should have asked if I can share that. Of course um, you can. Yes, of course. Um, yeah. yeah. So YouTube, um, I will, I will answer DMS on Instagram just cause I'm bad at posting. So you can hop on over there and say hi. Um, but yeah, those are, those are probably the two best places to connect. Okay. We will link your YouTube and your free download and your Instagram below. And I appreciate you taking the time to be on here and letting me just kind of like ask you a bunch of questions and pick your brain because I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. All right. Thanks, Brittany. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Holistic Marketing Simplified. This podcast is brought to you by my Marketing Roadmap, which is a five-episode private audio training that's kind of like this podcast, but not exactly because it's not available to the general public when you search on your podcast feed. So the great thing about consuming free content like this for me or on my Instagram or my blogs or whatever is that, yes, you will learn a lot, but you kind of have to go searching for what it is exactly you're looking for. This five episode private podcast is broken down in a logical step-by-step -step order. That's why it's called a roadmap. So if you're ready to get started on your Instagram marketing journey, or if you already are started and you just feel like you're kind of like overwhelmed with all of the different free information, this is a super clear roadmap with lots of tangible step-by-step -step action items that will get you from point A to point B for just $27. So all you have to do is head to mollycahill.com slash private training. And based on the reviews I've had so far, I know you won't be disappointed. I'm really proud of this training. And I know personally, I've bought 27, 37, $17 products before and felt like I really didn't get that much out of it. I guarantee you, you will learn something from this five episode private audio feed. So again, it's just mollycahill.com slash private training. And it'll also be linked below in the show notes. I cannot wait to hear what you think. And hey, you know how every podcaster at the very end of their episode asks you to rate and review their podcast? Well, that's because it's super important. These podcasts take a lot of time and heart and effort to produce to bring you free information. 
So in order for me to be able to continue doing that, we need more people to find out about the show. So if you could, please just take like two minutes out of your very busy day to leave me a rating and share this on your Instagram stories and tag at Molly A. Cahill. That's C-A-H-I-L-L. I would greatly, greatly appreciate your support. I truly appreciate you so much. I know your time is valuable and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.